Hi, you're listening to Songwriters and Tour Writers, a podcast covering the songwriters and musicians that call Oklahoma home and those that might just be passing through. I'm Matthew Viriapa. And this episode is R.C. Edwards. If I was an old outlaw, well, I'd steal away your heart. R.C. Edwards is from Tahlequah, Oklahoma, and is probably best known as the bassist for the Turnpike Troubadours. However, this year, he put out a new album with his band R.C. and the Ambers, with longtime friend Amber Watson, and produced by fellow troubadour Hank Early. The album Big Country is named after former OSU and NBA basketball player Big Country Bryant Reeves, and puts together stories and musicians from around Tahlequah and Sequoia County, Oklahoma. With a new band, he says it feels like reliving those early days with the troubadours. In this episode, R.C. talks about working with Amber and Hank and the other new members of the band, writing a folk song about Bryant Reeves, and how he thought about experimenting with a new group. This isn't Turnpike. You, you booked R.C. and the Ambers. <laughs> We're a sketch comedy group. All of that and more on this episode of Songwriters and Tour Writers. If I was a gambling man, well, I'd bet it all on you. I'm R.C. Edwards, and R.C. and the Ambers is my new project. Uh, we got a new record called uh, Big Country. It's kind of what we're out promoting and playing on these days, doing those songs and letting people know about that record. Yeah. Uh, how long have you been kind of performing with this outfit? So... Main partner on it is uh, Amber Watson. We've been buddies for uh, probably over 10 years and uh, met through some mutual friends and just kind of always liked playing music together, um, especially when I wasn't busy with the um, Turnpike. And we started doing a lot of shows around like Tahlequah and Oklahoma, just just pretty close local stuff mainly um, and had a lot of fun with it. And it eventually, you know, wrote, wrote some songs just for that band and things like that. And so with the combination of... Uh, the uh, turnpike taking a break and then uh, everything being shut down for COVID last year, we kind of, kind of got it a little more organized and put together a really good band of uh, just all local talent call people or semi-local and sort of had more time to put into it and uh, kind of got out and started doing more shows and um, had talked about making a record for years. And just finally, I guess, yes, you know, we really had, had the, had the time and the means. Um, I, Hank Early, uh, uh, the steel player from turnpike, he, the, made a studio here in Tahlequah and um, was looking for some projects to get started with. And uh, we were lucky enough to be one of his first ones. Yeah. What has it been like then, you know, trying to go forward with like a new, a new band um, when you've kind of gotten used to playing around with the, the same guys, is it kind of fun and interesting to um, get used to new people? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, and then some of it, it's like, you know, you're getting to do play some of the same venues that, that you know the turnpike troubadours started that out playing in and and um got 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 some new friends and some younger guys in the band and and it's it's really fun like you know like showing them around like uh the, the stuff we used to do oh when we went to this town you know we'd always go eat here we'd, we'd go get a beer at this bar and then and then just showing them venues like that and just seeing that they're just young and just you know just full of piss just excited just to be anywhere in a it's really fun and refreshing to get to see that again and, and remember, kind of remember remember when uh, when I thought of it like that, too, when it was all new to me, too. Yeah, it's kind of refreshing it, uh, energy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it just breathes life into you. Like, 
I don't know. You you you, you start feeling that way too when, when when you see the way they're looking at stuff. How would you characterize the the sound of the music, especially for those coming, you know, from your work on the Turnpike Troubadours? It, it's definitely different. It's it's a lot more of just of what we do live. I mean, we're kind of a halfway string band, but then we always talk about, you know, we like a lot of like spacey and kind of out there stuff too. So we kind of the word cosmic gets thrown in there for whatever that means a lot. I think I think it means when you have like a honky tonk string band and you sneak some phaser pedals into it something like that and kind of set up almost like a traditional like you know honky tonk band we get generally an upright an electric guitar an acoustic guitar and a mandolin and then we have some guys do some like foot percussion stuff then amber plays like a zydeco style like rub board so especially live we've got got a pretty different sound and i'm really happy with it we do a lot a lot of big harmonies like everyone in the group sings and that's really fun and we all sing everyone in the band takes turn singing lead and well except for bass player keeps talking about he's gonna sing one of the we hadn't quite talked to him into doing it live yet but everyone else does i think you had described this like previously as like um like funky honky tonk i guess i'm never good at describing like what our stuff sounds like i think if you're in the middle of something it's a lot harder to to describe it to someone than someone like seeing it from the outside and so i, I kind of try to stay away from like i don't know trying to say what we sound like or what kind of band we are like we we used to joke uh when um before the record was out you know like people are booking you know rc and amber's well they might not ever heard us before they don't even know what we do who's to say we even play music we might show up and be some weird like performance art piece i've put together where we like we're joking about like we're driving all these pumpkin stands yesterday and it's like what if we just like we get up there, all five of us carve a pumpkin while they're out there, the crowd's out there watching us, and we make them judge the pumpkin who did the best one. Even if they don't want to judge it, we're going to make someone like pick a winner. And then the rest of the band can be like mad at that guy. And then that's the show. We don't <laughs> even play a song. But now we have a record. So I think people know we have some songs, but I think the window, we missed the window on that. But uh, at first, like when people were just booking, just because they knew who I was, they were booking us places and they're like, They've never heard us. They don't even know what we do, guys. We could do anything when we show up here. And unfortunately, we never never took took that opportunity to, to do the, the visual arts, the non-musical version of RC and Amber's. <laughs> Missed the boat there. I could have could have maybe maybe done something really weird at least once and got I'd say get away with it. Probably wouldn't have got paid or ran out of the venue or something like that. But been a good story to tell though. Oh, you thought oh, you thought we played music? Uh, this isn't Turnpike. You, you booked RC and the Ambers. <laughs> We're a sketch comedy group. <laughs> a bad one. <laughs> that would be real. That would be so funny. <laughs> oh my god. What was it like then? Uh, just thinking about like um, doing something uh, kind of separate from what people have known you by. Um, was it intimidating? Was the idea really like attractive to you? Um. Yeah, it you know it wasn't as much like um, all right we're gonna start playing on this band one day. It was a very gradual process. Like I said, like we were doing it you know part time all um, just whenever I had breaks already, and so it wasn't like we just sort of sit down and said all right this is a new project we're gonna do. And um, it was more of a very it evolved you know over years and kind of already had an idea. Um, 
the band really fell together during the last year was just lucky enough to, to find a, a bunch of really good guys and players and that we get along with and have a lot of fun with. And uh, so that, that part's really new. It sort of really feels like a band now, but as before it was just, you know, me and Amber and maybe we'd have someone, you know, accompanying this on a lead instrument or something, but uh, that, uh, that part's like new, but the, the idea, the whole project is, is, is old, I guess is what I'm saying. How did you find like the, the other members of, of the band? Like, um, did you just put a wanted ad in Tahlequah? <laughs> no, it's Tahlequah's a pretty small place. And so <laughs> if you play music around here, you kind of just like know each other or eventually meet each other and you'll play in, uh, bands will play that you might play the same show together somewhere. Like the bass player, um, uh, he had ran sound for me somewhere. He's a great like sound engineer too. And I, he told me he played bass, but I never actually had heard him play. I definitely hadn't heard him play upright. And then um, last fall, about we're playing this private party up in uh, on the river here during the COVID stuff. Like I said, one of the we did a lot of private parties like last year in people's like yards and mm. decks and stuff like that. Um, but uh, he was playing with the opening band, who were some friends of mine, and was like, "Like, man, you're great. Like, like you still living in Tahlequah?" And it's like, he's like, "Yeah." And uh. So we we're looking for a bass player to come play with us sometime. Turned out he lived like a block, maybe block and a half away from me. He like walked to our first rehearsal. <laughs> I'd just I'd never seen him play. I knew that he did like music stuff. And then the other guys, I kind of I knew they played and just sort of reached out to them when I was looking for something like a the mandolin player. Um I knew he I knew he played mandolin. I'd seen him play with the band. Um, I thought he was okay, and I hadn't didn't see him play a lot. But uh, another one of my friends was like, "Oh no, he's actually he's really good. Uh, um, you should like, give him a try." And so, called him, hit it off. Like, has been in the band ever since. Then he's great. Plays. I always say he's like a heavy metal mandolin player. He, he doesn't really play like bluegrass style, but he like just thrashes the hell out of it. Um, and then a guitar player. I think I saw him. He's a great singer and songwriter too. I, I think he was playing like an open mic, like at a bar downtown here. And I was just got to be friends with him. And uh, one week I needed a lead player. And I was, I was like, you play lead? And he's like, yeah. And uh went, went and filled in for the weekend with us and has been there ever since. Like, uh, I was like, yeah, man, come play with us if you want. And he has. And that's what he's really lucky to have him. Same with Lance Rourke. Uh, and he, he has his own band and record he's working on with Hank too. That's going to be great. It'll probably be out next year, but uh, got a pr pretty good gang put together right now. And best part is everyone like really gets along and has fun. Like it, it's, it's a, it's kind of a funny thing about putting a band together. You, especially if you're like lugging it out in a van and like just crammed into stuff together everywhere, you've got to really get along and like each other or, or it's just not any fun. And, no one wants to be there at some point it must be is it different at all like it seems like you guys are pretty different in age at least right yeah we go from like like 40 to early 20s um the uh i mean like the, the young guys are maybe the most mature ones in the group honestly so so it's not like that's really an issue they kind of keep they keep us in line half the time they usually have me and amber and kate are the ones they're usually having to worry about but uh Nah, it's not really much of an issue. Like, it's just a fun group. Everyone really gets along. I think 
I think it's kind of a combination of the young guys being mature and the, the older, older guys being immature to uh, we meet in the middle somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I want to talk a little bit about that that name that you have for the band. Uh, it's not RC and Amber. It's RC and the Ambers. <laughs> it kind of makes it seem like a like a family band or something. <laughs> it, it definitely. <laughs> so the youngins in the band coming Amber, mom and dad, and then Kay's roughly our age, so he's like the uncle. But yeah, so we've been at restaurants before, and they'll get to joke around and tell people, you know, we're a, a family band or <laughs> a bluegrass band or something. And a, I think someone actually asked us that once too. Because a couple of the guys are like in their early twenties, so so there's they're they're like our kiddos. But uh, <laughs> we played around forever and just had a few goofy names, and then I just made come up with that one day because like when we do would just be the two of us, it'd just be RC and Amber somewhere. Like that's how we did a lot of shows. But as we started adding members, we're we're like we just added an S on there, I guess, and so we call, <laughs> call them Ollie. They're all the Ambers. Yeah, you know, I I talked to Kyle next when his album came out and. It seemed like a lot of the songs he had written um, for that album, he he had had in his back pocket for kind of a while, like some of the songs he had written while on tour with Turnpike. Uh, was it the same for you with this? Um, a mix. It was probably about 50-50. Some, some of them were definitely some older songs that I'd, I'd written and written with friends and stuff like that. It didn't really, didn't really fit Turnpike. And then some of the stuff, like there's, you know, things that we wrote just for me and for this project for me and Amber just to sing and uh, had never got to record them. And then we also um, wrote some new stuff for it. So it, there's definitely some old ones on there. And we actually, and we, we do a duet version of a, a fall out of love and, and have for years. And, and obviously that's not the way like Turnpike recorded. How do you fall out of love? Well, how could you lose such a thing? So we went ahead and redid that just to, to get go ahead and get that on the record because a lot, a lot of people like it and ask for it. How do you fall out of love? How could you lose such a thing? Try and hang on to us all. There's also stuff like I used to always sing this song uh, me and Johnny Burke wrote called Drunk High and Loud at uh, Turnpike shows. People, you know, ever want, you know, a recorded version. So I was had, had to put that one on there for sure. So yeah, there's definitely stuff people recognize, and then there's a lot of new stuff too.
probably been four or five versions of the last verse before we finally decided on one that we were going to keep for the album. Like even up to recording it, I was like, all right, I got to figure out which one of these verses I'm going to use. Uh, The name of the album and the title track is uh, titled Big Country. And the song um, Big Country is kind of like an old time folk song. Like, you know, it's about like a larger than life character, but it's it's really about this old 90s OSU basketball star, Big Country, Bryant Reeves. Big Country, Bryant Reeves has made a big impression on the basketball world, especially at OSU. And at seven foot plus, you have an opportunity of making a big impression. If we're talking someone who's larger than life, that's like a perfect person to write a song about. Um, can you talk a little bit about him and why you decided to write a song about him? So I grew up in Sequoia County. Like the little community I grew up in was called Central or South South Central. And Gans, where Bryant is from, is maybe five miles away. He's a man from a very small town making that big impression. And so he, when I was a kid and everything, he was just a local hero. I mean, he's a, pretty much a folk hero at this point. But And you're a little kid and, you know, you, you see him, he's seven feet tall. And, like, that's that's a giant. That's that's a real giant, like, just walked by you there. And I think it might have started with, like, a, we were watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, they have, like, giants on there. And, like, there's some part, I want to say one of the guys, like, didn't believe in giants or something. And they're like, that's. It's just because you've never seen one before or something like that. Last time you've seen a giant, John Snow. I took that idea and then applied it to a big country, Brian Reeves, and then that's sort of how the song started, because I had seen a giant before. You say you don't believe in giants no more. That's just because you never seen one before. Well, I haven't, let me tell the truth. He was a whole lot bigger than you, big country. When I heard that that song the first time, it was like, oh, this is like John Henry or somebody. But I look up a picture of Brian Reeves and <laughs> just you can see like these color photos of just like big old white guy. like Flat top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I like the John Henry comparison. Because that's kind of that's what I was sort of going for. He's definitely a, a folk hero where I come from. Flat top head. I seen him break a backbone But he's, you know, unlike John Henry, he's still like around. Like, oh yeah, my family, my family all still lives in, around Sequoia County. They see him all the time. He, he coached my cousin's t-ball team one year. <laughs> he's a really nice, like, super cool, like just normal guy. But yeah, there's there's also the the legend of him too. That that, that I, that's kind of what I was wanting to celebrate. Have you gotten the the song in front of him? 
he's aware of it. Like okay, my sister-in-law told him about it maybe at first. And the Tulsa World, the newspaper guy here, I was doing an interview with him, and he loved the song because he used to be a sports writer too. And he knows Ryan Reeves, and like like by the said it, he was like texting and showed him a song or something as soon as the he was done the interview with me and like the, his words were that he was flattered <laughs> right was so that, that that's that's the only feedback i've gotten it seems like it's pretty positive for him seems like a pretty humble humble guy despite his size <laughs> oh very, very much just big old country boy that's, that's why i call him big country put some like old announcing clips in there from some of his highlights of one of them is Dick Vitale and I'm pretty sure we might be the first and maybe a probably only country record to ever feature Dick Vitale in a song. Dan's Oklahoma 300 people they got a convenience store they got a post office and that's about it but they got big country. Legend has it he's to live down here he gets hungry you can hear him cheer give me a feed You know, other than than that song, a lot of the songs are kind of steeped in like references in Oklahoma and kind of, I guess, Oklahoma culture. Uh, was that like a conscious effort to just make this album really Oklahoma? I think so. And then some of it's just, you know, like write what you know. Yeah. And then we've been stuck at home for a year. So we're going to be writing about Oklahoma and the, the river and stuff like that. And, uh, I think, think that's kind of how that happened but but you know we've always really really proud and love oklahoma and so it kind of always works works its way into our our music and stuff like we always always had people trying to get us to move somewhere like to move to austin or move to i don't know nashville or something like to play music and we sort of just looked at the map and we're like we're in the center of the united states like if we honestly want to be a touring band there's not a better place to live than oklahoma because you're you're in the middle like it you move down to New Braunfels or something, and it takes you a whole day to get out of Texas. And uh, I think when it's always been home, so we were lucky enough to be able to stay here and make a career playing music without ever having to move away. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like recording and uh, having um, Hank Early as like a producer for this album? It was great. Like, I mean, we're really good friends. We toured together forever, so it was a really neat um, way to. Um, uh, I guess comfortable with each other very much like telling each other yes or no like no I don't like that or or hey you tell me like no I don't like that that is, that doesn't work and then let's try something different and just there wasn't ever any like tiptoeing around each other's like feelings or anything like that which you might get with a stranger or something like that uh, and then he's just such a great musician and um, brings just so much to the table like different instruments musical theory wise that uh just lots of great ideas and uh and it was here in Tahlequah, just right down the road. So it was a very easy, comfortable recording process for sure. And he's kind of just now diving into it and he just keeps getting better and better. Um, that's it. I think he's going to turn be like a famous record producer someday, the way he's headed. Like uh, he, he's getting really good at all this stuff. Yeah, it, it's really cool that you guys recorded it in Tahlequah since the album just feels like it's of like a certain place. So it's great that you kind of recorded it in that place too. 
um, like you mentioned, Tahlequah, like in that uh, song, uh, Oklahoma Beach Body. Yeah, and Hank actually wrote that one. Um, he's moved up here a few years ago, and it kind of soaking in the the culture. And uh, it, it's I, I really love that song. I, I think it's pretty good, like a little cheeky take on a like it's fun, but it's very real. Like the everything in that song is something that you see like every every day here. And it's kind of neat the way you can come in with an outside perspective, just sort of learning about the place and kind of take that away from it and, and write a song about it. in that song too uh there's a lot of mention of like a uh, cherokee um and there's a song that kind of kind of like big country like a a folk song about uh is it like a cherokee criminal or something um yeah i mean that's another um, i mean he was a real guy that's sort of a historical ballad there uh ned christie um yeah you know they're kind of very misunderstood character for a long time like they called him the Cherokee outlaw and they tried to, you know, he'd be in like dime store, Western paperbacks and stuff like, um, and when you go deeper into the story and like, he was kind of a, didn't see eye to eye with some politicians and was more than likely framed. Ned Christie was a Cherokee born and going snake, a senator, a fiddler and a blacksmith by trade. He was framed for the murder of a federal deputy. So began the war on Ned Christie. And then, like, had a huge standoff with like the U.S. government and the marshals before that they like built. He legit like built this like impenetrable cabin with like double walls and stuff that they couldn't shoot through, and it held them off forever. And they they blew him up, and then like I think he ran out the back when it caught on fire, and they, they shot him all up. Well, they knew he'd never get a fair trial in Arkansas, so he ran for the hills. They fought off the law, built a fortress on a mountain. They literally put his body on display in the street in Fort Smith, uh, Arkansas at the time. When you get to learn the real history, um, he's considered more like a patriot to the Cherokees and a hero around here. Christie. 
yeah, that's kind of a, I don't know, a little history lessons snuck in on the album there. But but then also, yeah, he's another sort of folk hero around here. That's it. At one point, I was thinking about making a whole record like songs like that, but I, I, I didn't know. Seemed, seemed like that might take a while, and I had a lot of other songs I wanted to record too. Yeah, it just seems like, you know, so much stuff is just pulling from the, the culture, not just Oklahoma, but like kind of the region there. Well, I was born in Tahlequah. I grew up in Sequoia County, which is just a couple counties down, like like not far from here. And it's in the Cherokee Nation too. And so the um, my mom's family's all Cherokee, and the the uh, that's kind of where I get that from. Growing up in that culture was just, if you're from here, you grew up. I guess legally, we're back to being called a reservation now. But um, if you grew up in Cherokee Nation, you're de- that's definitely gonna you know seep into you. You know you're just part of everything around here yeah and it, it's really cool that it kind of so much of it made its way onto this album that i don't think a lot of people will get to experience this kind of um culture otherwise yeah maybe they'll maybe they'll look up ned christie and re- read some more about him like like i like that's that's a neat thought to take you know like i know i definitely when we had that one demo and stuff i showed some friends they didn't know anything about him like had never really heard of him and uh got to read into the story and thought it was really cool and liked the song even more. Can you just paint a picture of what it was like growing up and uh, when did you kind of first start getting into music? You know, I always loved the music. Um, the uh, Dad was a big music guy and was always playing country music, mainly probably some Southern rock or something too, but uh, it's like Alabama and Hank Jr. and John Anderson. Soon, as I remember being a little kid, you know, riding in a truck, listening to songs, um, and just always loved singing. My dad was always singing in a, yeah, I think I asked for a guitar for Christmas like five or six years in a row before. <laughs> I think they finally gave in. <laughs> and we're like, all right, like, like, you're not going to shit up about this, are you? And it's like, no, I want to learn to play guitar. And uh, um, I, was, I was probably in high school by the time I got one or something. And uh, the uh, just, you know, ate up with it. Just all, all I'd ever wanted to do and just roughly taught myself how to play and then when I got into college I met some well, it was like 18 met some people who didn't really actually knew how to play and they kind of taught me a lot more and then kind of just went on from there like eventually started playing beer joints and stuff like that around uh, here in Sequoia County Fort County and then uh, uh, had a me and my buddy had a band called the Awesome Possum Band <laughs> we were pretty I mean, we had a couple of originals pretty much it's like a honky tonk cover band and um Twenty-one years old, twenty years old when we started this, and practicing in the back of the feed store, like in our little community, uh, and uh, started playing in bars. Thought it was the coolest thing in the world. We're just playing uh, these beer joints, like and uh, singing like Hank Jr. songs or Merle Haggard songs or Leonard Skinner songs, and just kind of went on from there. Like started writing some songs and. some point I'd, I'd met Evan through some friends who played music and, uh, and, uh, it, I, I, I need to give him credit. He kind of got on my ass about like playing in cover band. <laughs> he's, he's like, man, you're a songwriter. He's like, what are you doing out here playing in cover band? I was like, I don't know. It's like, it's fun. Get paid, get free beer. <laughs> he's like, man, you need, he's like, you need to come play with me if we're going to play original music, not do the cover thing, which is hard at first. It's like, uh, Starting out, people don't always want to hear <laughs> original music if they're out trying to, you know, have a good time on Saturday night. But uh, I think we started trying to make our our songs a little more uh, 
Or even if you didn't know him, you could at least dance to him or something and have a good time listening to him. Let the whiskey do the talking now, darling. Let the night put us right where we belong. Well, I tried to pick you up, now I'm falling. Let the whiskey do the talking. Yeah, and now you're kind of reliving those early experiences, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's all full circle. That, that's it's it's ridiculously fun, like like doing this with with the, this man, telling all the telling them all the stories about what what I did the last time I was here. Some, yeah, just all, all of our adventures and misadventures to get to teach another generation of it. Coming up next, RC talks about Hank Williams Jr. and how he wanted to get weird on the album. KOSU and StoryCorps have been helping people with different beliefs get to know each other's stories through one small step. Well, I always enjoy speaking with people. I get a lot of joy out of just conversations with people. What made you want to have this conversation today? Well, you know what? I enjoy talking to people, too. That's a real Oklahoma thing, isn't it? I think it is. If you think so, too, go to kosu.org slash one small step. What kind of influences or inspirations did you have for this album? Was there anything that you were listening to that kind of um, really sunk into your head? Like, oh, I want like an album that has this kind of feel or has this kind of sound. You know, it, it's probably a, a lot of stuff. Like a, I, we listen to a pretty eclectic mix of music around here, and I, I, stuff like Drunk Out and Loud, like def- and obviously we covered Blues Man. So definitely Hank Williams Jr. I've always both Cephas has always been my guy. Hey, baby, I love you. Hey, baby, I need you. I've always done lots of stuff live, and I wrote songs that, that are kind of definitely in his style, like the drunk high and loud. So that's definitely one. Um, shovels and rope. Up inside. The way they sing harmonies and, and do the man woman duet stuff and that that was definitely an influence for sure too as far as that stuff goes. Save the world a lot of grief could be that simple. We were listening to a lot of uh, neutral milk hotel. And one day we will die and our ashes will fly from the aeroplane over the sea. But for now some of that kind of stuff like uh, Compass and maybe Astronaut or some of those songs I think definitely like kind of thinking about that stuff when we were making it and arranging it without trying to just like obviously sound like we were trying to rip it off or something but that that's kind of one that I don't know if you listen real close you might catch it but there's, there's probably a lot of stuff like that I thought I could learn from the mystics 
One characteristic that seems like super different than uh, any turnpike recording is um, the the use of horns. Like there's like really big horns in so many of these songs. What about the horns that you loved and just like wanted to have these on? You know, I've, I've always just liked horns in different kinds of music, like especially when you're not necessarily expecting it, like on a, on a country record or something like that. And uh, I, uh, the Vandaliers are some friends of ours and, one another band that really like and uh the uh Corey graves is the guy who plays the horns on it so we we're lucky enough to get him um, to do that and then like we've done some shows with the vandaliers and so and Corey will get get up and do the horn parts live and then that's to do the whole band just grinning from ear to ear because it's so awesome like to to like actually get to do it live with the horns because we don't necessarily get to do that too often Corey, like when we should um, have him do some other stuff, he's not just having to do one song, and then and that's kind of where the other horn parts come in. And uh, uh, Hank actually arranged some of those horn parts just to like he, he got pretty into it too. And like, oh, I can't remember which might have been Gravy and Biscuits. One of them, um, we sort of faked it on a keyboard, oh, like kind of give him an idea of how we wanted it to sound, and then sent it to, to Corey to, to do the real thing on. Yeah, and it sounded pretty cool with the, the fake ones, but we're like, ah, can't do that. <laughs> Gotta do some real ones. I wanted to ask a little bit more about, like, recording uh, the Blues Man uh, song and how you guys decided to go about it. Like, um, did you want it to be a pretty honest cover of it, or how far did you want to take it from the original? No, I, I think probably wanted it to be pretty close to the original, and then we kind of liked the... Uh, there's a cover of it that the George Jones um, and uh, I think it's George Jones and Dolly Parton sing, and they do the duet version of it. Down off of this blues man, I sing. Hey baby, I love you too. Hey baby, I need you too. And uh, we kind of listened to that and really drew influence from that as far as how we did the vocals and stuff. I got tired of sleep. All the shit they said I was needing. Keep on pleasing. I think at some point it was almost too much like it, like just too much, too like dead on a cover. And uh, we were just trying to keep it simple, like not trying to copy it, but it just came out almost exactly like that version. And so we uh, musically, so that's when uh, where Corey came in and did did some horn parts. And I think that. Sort sort of added the flair, the, the difference we were looking for there. And hey, baby, I love you. 
Hey baby, I need you. Hey baby, I do get tired of this traveling band. Wasted all of my life running through the dark night, shining a little. Me and Amber have sang together like forever and I love each other and fight each other like we're brothers and sisters all the time. So it's, we're basically our. Over 30 years old now, nights would be cold now, if you hadn't stuck it out. Are there any songs on uh, this album that you'd really just like to delve into and kind of um, explore like its meaning and like if they're particularly meaningful to you? Kind of all of them are really it's sort of hard to spill one out. Um, I think that like I like gravy and biscuits a lot. <laughs> kind of a fun song, but it, it's just also sort of sad if you really pay attention to the lyrics. I was whistling Dixieland in a punk rock bar with a bluegrass band. Fast friends and alcohol to hide a dive to drunk to fall. If you see her, would you tell her that a fella is doing fine? Hey, baby, it's all great. It's sort of like the, kind of the starting out turnpike, sort of just life we live, like traveling like that forever. Like one day the, the weeks turned into years, you know? And the, like, whoa. it in once in a while and that, that's kind of what that song's about but it, it's just the melody's really fun and the horns and stuff so which i think is the best way to do a sad song sometimes like or something that means something like that is have fun with it too Yeah, it seemed like that was a song that you could kind of like get the gist of what you were feeling about like uh, the the time with the uh, the the band um, before and just kind of the journey you guys had. the The hiatus the the Troubadours have gone in is kind of weirdly like bled into like this pandemic now, where everyone was like forced to take a break too. Yeah, I think we're we're just ahead of our time. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you you got a head start on the break. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of nice because, you know, we didn't have any shows planned or a bus lease payment or anything like like other than like every, everyone else gets 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 to play that game this year. We're we're already out of it. One song that seemed like it was um, particularly meaningful and kind of pairs with the song right after is uh, Uwaga. Yeah. Um, it seemed like that's like a preamble to the the song afterwards. Um, but when I was first listening to Uwaga, I thought it was like another like song about sports. So I was like, oh man. This guy really loves his sports. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone asked me that the other day. He's like, no, nah, I was sort of just, uh, oh, I'm always telling stories. Or, and uh, Hank's like, man, what do you, you just need, to, we need a spoken word track. Uh, he's like, just, he's like, make up a little short story. And uh, I was like, we'll just put some background music behind it. And the Iron Horse was a, a bar that me and the Ambers had played at a week or two before. I guess it was right about a year ago. Did I ever tell y'all about the best and the worst day I ever had? It was September, Oklahoma. Hooligan. The uh, that was just sort of a scene that happened one night, a pretty bizarre one. Like every, like everything in that uh, song is just pretty much what we experienced in like a 20 minute span there like right before we played the show rc and ambers were sound checking on an old pontoon boat fashioned into a stage in the corner christmas lights twinkles over their heads i think they were playing a hank jr song i whistled along as those dark clouds parted the big dipper came out there was catfish frying last of the season with a side of KFC coleslaw and some baked beans from an undisclosed location. And I uh, kind of just, just put it put all in the story. A guy really did get down and propose to this lady. The, the food stuff, the football stuff, all that, all that stuff really happened that, that, that afternoon when we were setting up to play and kind of just put it down and then Hank put some music behind it. It was now or never. I wasn't even that nervous. But then again, I was born during the moon landing. So I've always been part magic this time of night, if you believe in that sort of thing. The stars were shining, the lights were sparkling, the fire was crackling, and a steel guitar rang in the distance. I got down on one knee. That's the night I asked Linda to marry me. Yeah, I was going to ask if this was, like, a personal story at all. Like, it, it didn't seem like it, but, like... <laughs> we kind of talked about it. Hank was, was like, like, you know, you you tell this story in the first person like that, but then also you mention R.C. and the Ambers in the story, too. And he's like, he's like, you, you think that comes across a little weird and, like, to the listener? And I was like, yeah, I do. That's that's why I did it. And he's like, okay. <laughs> He's like, I figured, I figured you did that on purpose. But yeah, he's like, I just had that. Just gotta ask you. I was like, I was like, yeah, I, just, just the right amount of weird. It's like, uh, I, I probably would have got even weirder on a lot of stuff. Hank, Hank does a good job of like reeling me in. Like, but, like, no, this is a pretty song, man. You don't, don't just make it too weird. <laughs> it's gonna get distracting from the song. If, and like, yeah, you're probably right. And so, 
making a record, he did a really good good job of that. Of like letting me be kind of weird, but not too weird. And just sometimes I'd have to explain like something like that to him. Like, 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 yeah, man, I, I wanted it to be weird like that. I want a little confused, maybe. I think there's something about that that I think makes people listen a little harder. And I don't try to figure it out. Like, there's, if there's a, it's not just like right in front of you. Like, you got to sort of like dig into it and look for the, the meaning and stuff like that. Like, I, I've always liked songs like that. And so I try to do that when I, when I can. Is that how um, Hank usually is, I guess? Uh, like, while you guys were um, recording Turnpike songs too, just um, kind of uh, a, a good stable voice? <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, and he's uh, just a great, as far as the, like even Turnpikes, he's just such a great musician that he he's kind of a, musically just always sort of a guy with just great ideas and uh, the uh, um and I don't I don't know that we ever really tried to get too weird on turnpike stuff it was sort of more of a straightforward thing and so he, did, he didn't have to do stuff like that <laughs> I mean you go from six people seven people to producers like their different ideas to so just me and him pretty much as, as far as the producing part of it and I and so the conversation get a get a little longer and deeper when it's just two people like like trying to decide how they want to do something sometimes and we're and at more out there you know just sometimes you have to rein me in a little what were some of the more out there uh things that you were um, wanting to do and like what were some of the weirder things that you're listening to at one point before we got into horns i was wanting to get a theremin and like just make some weird noises on on some songs and he was he's like i don't know man he's like this is this is I can't even remember what song it was. It might have been like Fall Out of Love or it's like I just kind of want to make it weirder and uh, like it's kind of too straight laced and then or like astronaut or just stuff like that. And be like, man, these are pretty songs. It's like they're like it's like we'll we'll make it interesting sounding. Like you don't have to just be too crazy and like just stuff like that. Like he was trying to find a saw player at one point and just weird noises and stuff that you wouldn't normally see. And and uh, he kind of helped me not get too off the rails with that stuff i'd be interested in like hearing like a i don't know like a b-side or like alternative take where you have like that theremin come in or something <laughs> if you find like a theremin player we never even tracked one down it was just uh, idea time and then you know sometimes hank would um, kind of come up with ideas that were out there like the first version of big country was very like a lot straighter it didn't like swing or groove as much and it was more like a uh I don't know, like a fifties, like maybe almost rockabilly song or something. And a something like, something like run around Sue or something like that. Maybe. Well, when it was straight, straight laced, it was a lot more like that. And he kind of, Put a lot funkier groove to it and stuff and then at first and it was different from the way we played it live like we do it like that live now but um at the time it, it seemed it seemed really weird and that was his idea at first I was, I was like i don't know man maybe this could be like an alternate take and then the more i listened to it i was like no nah, no nah, that's it this is that's how we're gonna do it now it's like i'd like it but uh so so sometimes you know he 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 could bring the weirdness how do you guys usually write music like um it seemed like uh you you and amber were kind of um partnering up on on some of these songs like how do you guys write you know it, it 
it really varies. If I knew exactly how to write a song, I would write 10 of them every day. You know, uh, you just kind of get ideas. And sometimes like I, there's a handful of songs on there that I wrote with Johnny Burke. Me and him have always kind of clicked, like helping each other, like with ideas and starting and finishing songs. And uh, it'd be, uh, and it's different every time. I mean, sometimes it might be us sitting around and having a drink on the couch with guitars out and write a song. It, we might be texting ideas to each other from I'm in Tahlequah and he's in New Braunfels, you know, the don't really have much of a process. I'm always just kind of a, looking for one, but I don't know that I've ever nailed one down. Like you're starting with a block of wood and you're chipping away at it for sometimes right away. Sometimes it might take six months. It's, it's, uh, it's different every time. It's, it's the best, best way I know to put that. You kind of mentioned how like the, the partnership between like you and Amber and uh, what it was like working with Hank on, on some of these songs, uh, can you just give an example and walk us through like uh, how you guys wrote a song like Astronaut or uh, Compass or Oklahoma Beachbody? Um, I, so Hank wrote Oklahoma Beachbody by itself. Like he and, uh, showed it to me one day. I was like, man, that's a great song. And like, when we get to making a record, and I don't, I don't remember if it was his idea or mine. One, we just we're just talking about songs. He's like, what? Somehow it came up and was like, oh, I'd love to record that if, if you want me to. He's like, hey. he's like, heck yeah. And, uh, Astronaut was one, me and Johnny Burke wrote that one, and uh, it was probably, it was weird. It was like, wrote, wrote on that one for maybe a year, just on and off random times. If I was an old outlaw, well, I'd steal away your heart. If I was a jigsaw puzzle, you'd be the missing part. If I was a drum. As far as a lot of the vocal arrangements and stuff like that's probably where Amber comes in a lot. Like she's sort of the uh, harmony coach, like when we're doing, especially for the live band, like she'll be like, oh, you sing this part, you sing this part, and like sort of arrange and organize that stuff. And then Hank, he helped arrange about everything as far as in the studio or one of our ideas or some idea I would have that wasn't quite right, like musically. And he'd be like, no, he's like, that's close. But what we really need to do is do this. And like, oh, yeah, that's better. That makes more sense. If I was a nasty now, you'd be the you can find links to rc and the ambers and their latest album on kosu.org along with the full list of the songs that were played in this episode also, be sure to check out our episode with Kyle Nix, the fiddle player for the Turnpike Troubadours. And if you haven't heard, the Turnpike Troubadours announced that they are returning next year. Songwriters and Tour Writers is a production of KOSU and the service of Oklahoma State University. Our editor is Ryan McCroy, and our cover art was created by Terry Ferris. Thanks for listening. 
I'm Matthew Viriapa. We'd run this country into the ground. Goodbye, government. When we push the button and this world was finally done, oh, I would be your astronaut. We'd fly into the sun.